0: So we ask ourselves on this day of Pentecost, we're, we're, we're here to say, Lord, what are you inviting us into? This was the last command of Jesus before he ascended into heaven. He spoke this in Luke 24, and it is somewhat repeated in Acts chapter 1. And I want to share these passages with you. Luke 24 49, these last words as Jesus before he leaves the planet. Before he returns at the end of the age, this is is what he communicated. He said, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city, stay in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. He said, don't wait, don't leave, go wait and pray. We find it repeated in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. And while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You see, this was not some arbitrary event. Yes, it was the celebration. As we look toward the day of Pentecost, it was a, it was a feast that the Jewish people celebrated. It was, it was recounting and celebrating the harvest festival. It would also mark the celebration of the giving of the law to Moses. But it was much more than that. It was the beginning of what the prophet Joel would prophesy. 900 years prior to this moment, the prophet Joel would stand and he would prophesy these words in Joel 2 and 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Listen to this. On all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. It was the beginning of the day. It was the birthday of the church, if you will, as the Holy Spirit, he is coming. And as we celebrate the day of Pentecost, we are not simply memorializing this day as event in history. But Pentecost marked the activity of the Holy Spirit that would begin on that day and it would increase up until the coming of Jesus at the end of the age. In other words, it wasn't just for then, it was for now, and it was for tomorrow, and it was for next week. On Peter on the day of Pentecost, he would give understanding to this day this way in Acts 2.39. For the promise is for you, not just those gathered on that Pentecost day, but for your children, for your children and for all those who are afar off, and for everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. You see, this is for us. We're not just talking about history. We're talking about a divine invitation that God is inviting all of us into. Now, I find it interesting here when we talk so much about, well, they were gathering in the upper room, and they were, and they were, what? They were, they were praying, but, but who was in that upper room? It's important for us to know who's in the room. Acts chapter 1, verse 14 says, All these were one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together. Look at this now. With the women. That wasn't a culturally acceptable thing. With the women. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers, right? And the company of persons in that room were 120 people. What were the demographics in that room? I, I, I believe it was something like Azusa Street in 1906, in 1906. We know there was the twelve, obviously. There were most likely the seventy that Jesus sent out, but not just those men. But women were present. We believe that even the wives of some of the seventy and the apostles would have been present. And where there were men and women, guess what? All guess what? There were there were there were children there as well. They were all in the room together in that place of prayer and anticipation and expectation. All the social standings were brought down. The gender standings were brought down. The age difference was brought down. They were all right there in the room together praying and seeking God and expectation. It wasn't just an elitist mentality of the apostles, those ones that were the nearest to Jesus. It was representative of everyone in society at that moment, from young to old, to rich to poor. They were all there. Man, woman, young, old, those that had a high place in society, those those that were just servants perhaps. So they were waiting in expectation for 10 days. Here is Jesus on the ascension Forty days he would leave. He would say, go and pray. They were praying ten days. And then this big day would occur in the passage that we're so familiar with in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together. Who were they? Men, women, children, everybody, all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. There was a mighty breakout of the Spirit of the living God upon all those who were present. Now, most of us, if you've been around the church long at all, you are familiar with this passage. We know it. I knew it for so long. I got it, but when I looked at this passage for the majority of my Christian life, I mostly associated what was going on was an, was an enduement of power from on high. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But I didn't connect power rightly in my mind. I was thinking more about power in terms of an outward manifestation of that power leading to signs and wonders and miracles. Now, that is true, and that is a part of that. Perhaps it is a large part of that, but that is not the entirety of the story. Let me just offer to you in just a couple of moments before Amy comes. I believe something uniquely powerful was happening that you got to look a little bit more into in Scripture to find out. I believe Acts chapter 2 for that 120 was a fulfillment. They were were fulfilling the intention of God that Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 3. In verse number 16, this is what the Holy Spirit was doing to those 120. Listen to these verses that according to the riches of his glory, he may, grant, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. I believe what was happening to those 120 before they went out into the streets, before they would lay hands on the sick and watch them recover, before they would cast out devils. It was the intention and priority of God himself, message to the Son, Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit would ground them in the love of God and encounter that love before they did anything. Romans 5.5 5 says, and a hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been what? Poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So you see, the Holy Spirit is encountering those believers. Yes, it's power, but it was more than just walking up and sticking your finger into the power outlet. Anybody can do that and experience power coursing through them. But what kind of power was it? It was the power of love. God is a consuming fire. That is the very nature of God. And the fire of God is His love. First John tells us that God Himself is love. God doesn't just do love. He actually is love. Therefore, everything that God does, everything that God says, every activity of God is only motivated by love. He can do nothing. He can say nothing unless it comes from love because He is love. And it makes perfect sense if we know scripture. It makes perfect sense if we have a have a have a right hermeneutic because they were being made into first commandment first people. That's what was happening. They were being made into first commandment first people. What is the first commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Because God understood that if they were to go out prior to being rooted and grounded in love, they would have flipped things upside down. and perhaps they would have been a second commandment of first people driven toward performance alone. But before the Holy Spirit wanted to ground and root them in love. You see, this is in part my own personal testimony. I experienced the Holy Spirit. I experienced His power. I would go out and I would see God do miraculous things, but I wasn't rooted and grounded in love. And I missed things. And it would ultimately lead to a, to a performance mentality and not a love thing. And the Holy Spirit was grounding them in this. I believe when those tongues of fire were hitting their their hearts and their minds. What was happening was Song of Solomon 8.6. I believe this was the very fire that was happening. Song of Solomon 8.6, Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is strong as death, jealousy is fierce as the grave. The flashes are flashes of fire, the very flame of God. So, if we know God is fire, his love is as of a flame of fire, and we understand the Holy Spirit's purpose was to shed the love of God abroad and in the hearts of believers, that's what was happening. He was marking them and branding them with love, that they would be a first commandment, first people. They would never forget and miss the mark that my call in life. My obligation in life, my duty, my responsibility, that which enthralls my heart is to love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. And that God would plumb line their hearts. He would true their hearts with the, with the spirit of God and love itself. They encountered his love. This is powerful, isn't it? It's what he was doing before they ever went out and performed any miracle. They would have their hearts set on fire with the love of God Himself. Now, what's noteworthy in this passage, and I'll just speak this very quickly, and Amy will come. It's interesting to me that all this happened while they were sitting down. Did you notice that? They were all sitting down. They were sitting down. It says the, the Holy Spirit filled them where they were sitting, and tongues of fire came upon them. I also scratched my head and said, Lord, why the gift of tongues? Because immediately, immediately we think, well, that was like so a could go out and, and declare the wonders of God in all the languages that were gathered on that Pentecost day. But I believe, like with all gifts of tongues, there's a dual manifestation of that gift. I believe part of the reason that the gift of tongues was manifested right there while they were sitting because the gift of speaking in tongues is primarily given to enhance intimacy with the Lord. I believe why God, one of the reasons God chose that specific gift was to enable them to connect with the Spirit of God in a Romans 8 kind of fashion, that when when they don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit helps them in their weakness with groans that words cannot express. They'd be uttering mysteries. God connected them even through that gift. Also, something noteworthy in this passage, that the Holy Spirit filled those that were waiting first. That sounds kind of obvious. But the 120 that were in the room experienced the filling first, before the filling flowed out into the streets. My heart was burned this week, and I was I was just kind of kind of thinking that that we live in a in a house of faith, a community that that prioritizes intercession and prayer. And I I just was was so overjoyed in realizing that man, there are those of us even here in this room right now and listening that you've been contending, you've been praying. You've been believing. You've been standing on the wall. You have been holding on to that hope. That's the substance, right? You've been clinging by faith those things, are the evidence of things not seen. And I just, I just have this, this thought that, listen, God's going to visit you in power. Those of you that have been waiting and travailing, I'm expecting, just like on the day of Pentecost, that power is going to hit you first. All 120 were filled. So be encouraged. Don't stop. I think you're like pretty much at the top of the list when it comes to the Holy Spirit. He's going to visit you powerfully. Thank you, thank you for waiting. Now, what does that mean? That that means that that we stand with this with this invitation from God. And I I believe, and I'm going to ask Amy, Billy can help her up. Is I I believe there's a there is an there is an application for us. There is a personal pentecost that is even unique to our own spiritual family right now and amy shared with us about a week ago today about what the lord was doing and spoken to her so i just want her to take a moment and share that before we conclude
1: good morning i just uh i love the leadership of the lord (laughs) He's so he's just so he's so good to us, and he knows what's coming, and he always prepares his kids for it. And it was two Friday nights ago that I was in it was in my den at home, and for just a a few moments, I was just by myself, and I just decided to to just really meet with the Lord. I felt his invitation to come close, to draw close. And uh, I decided to take communion, and I just wanted I just wanted to wash his feet. I just wanted to be with him. And as I was just in that place of prayer and just praying in the spirit, I could just feel the presence of the Lord, just fill my den, and my my head got so heavy, and I could just I could just feel the presence of the Lord. And he was just ministering to my heart. And I just heard in my spirit him say, Pentecost is coming. I'm about to give a revelation of my intimacy to the men. And I'm about to give a revelation of my power to the women. And I just sat there, and he was just ministering this. And I was coming that next Sunday. I had no idea what. What Dustin was speaking on and I get here and he starts talking about spiritual violence and how the Lord had just used him and he had walked in power but it was only just a little over a year ago that he felt like he had really been baptized in love and so that he was walking in power and love and as he was speaking I was I was not even thinking about that encounter but I started remembering that around that same time, the last Sunday night of 2018, I went up to the North Georgia Revival to get baptized and I asked the Lord for two things. I asked for physical healing and I asked for him to give me a revelation of his love. And when I came up from the water everyone that was around me started prophesying over me that I was about to walk in power, that I was about to walk in authority, that God had just baptized me in his power. And for those of you, the five other people in the car, you know this, I did not speak on the way home because it was not what I was looking for and it was not even what was comfortable for me. And as he was speaking last Sunday, and I started remembering this encounter, I just felt the Lord say over our community, I'm about to do a divine reversal. And for those who know the power of God, they are about to be baptized in intimacy and love. And for those who have been walking in love, they are about to be baptized in Holy Spirit power. And what the Lord just so spoke to my heart is that he is once again asking for our vulnerability and he is asking for our brokenness. And what do I mean by that? Psalm 51, 17 says, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, God, you will not despise. And what do I mean by that? And I feel like those of you who are here and those of you who are watching, you can resonate with this because it's what the Lord is saying to us. That usually, whichever one we walk in, it's because we are broken in the other. And God showed me that. He started letting me reflect on the fact that I had grown up around misogyny. I had grown up around where women's voices were silenced. People had told me that I had my great-grandmother, Cherokee Indian. I had her dark hair and that I should be warned because in that culture, the women were dominant. And I really needed to make sure that I never was. And that led to when I was a teenager. And I think all women are made beautiful. And my uh, beauty did not serve me well. I I suffered uh an attempted sexual assault by man and I I so didn't want to be heard and I so did not want to be seen and now I see that it was just the enemy coming after my voice And for many years, I just walked with intimacy and the love of the Lord. But power was not something that I even wanted. I didn't want the spotlight. I didn't want a microphone to speak. I didn't want any of those things. And what God is calling us into, I believe, is to minister from our woundedness. Because if we stay silent and we walk in shame and guilt, we remain unhealed. And if we remain unhealed, then we remain ineffective. Because we are asking God for revival. And guess who's going to come in? It's going to be the broken and the wounded. And they're not going to know how to relate to a community or to a church who only talks about their strengths. We're going to have to talk about our hurts, and we're going to have to talk about our weaknesses. And God can use us in our weakness. He can use us in our vulnerability. And it's just not men and women. It's wherever you find yourself on the spectrum, God wants to use you on the opposite side so that he gets the glory for that. I have family members who have been watching as I've been speaking the last uh, few Sundays ago, and one of my uncles said to an aunt, well, what in the world happened to Amy Lou? That's what they call me, because what is she doing up there? She would be the last person that we would expect to do this. But you see, love is vulnerable, and love takes risk." And love steps out for the benefit of others. Even when I spoke here on Mother's Day a year ago, I had dear friends who left our community because they didn't agree with me being up here. And in my personality, that was hurtful. But you see, my friends didn't call me. Jesus called me. And he is worthy of my obedience, even when it cost me something. And some of you know how to walk in power. Maybe you grew up and you know how to fight. You know how to fight for what you want and you know how to fight for what you need. But it's actually more risky for you to love. And God is asking you to lower your walls and to walk in a new place of intimacy and a new place of love. And I believe in our community that formerly our fighters who walk in power are going to be known as the people of love. And our quiet people who have been known as the, the lovers are going to be known as the people who walk in power because God wants to do a divine reversal Because he receives the glory when he comes and is strong in the midst of our weaknesses. Because then we know it's him. It's him. So what was so beautiful about all of this is Dustin and I, we began to to talk this week. I realized that God baptizing me in that power and doing something new. And God baptizing Dustin in this intimacy and love happened within about 12 hours of each other. And we had no idea. We had not even talked about it. And I realized, Father, you were doing this in us almost a year and a half ago, that we are the examples. And then you gave the encounter. And this is what you're about to do on a grand scale in our community. And don't you welcome it? I know I do. Some of you are like me, you're timid, you're, you're afraid to speak up, you, you don't want it to be taken the wrong way, and God wants to use you. Your voice is powerful and your voice is needed, and for those of you who see Jesus was both Jesus did turn over tables, and he did minister to the kids. And somehow in our upbringing, we resonate with one of those two sides of Jesus better. But he was both, and he is calling his body to be both. That we know how to weep with those who weep. And we also know how to walk in his power. And it doesn't cancel out who we are. It completes who he made us to be. Because he made us to be both. And I believe on this Pentecost Sunday, That he is ready and willing and about to baptize us in those things that we don't think that we're strong in. He is about to come in and meet us in our weakness and meet us in our vulnerability and show off. He's going to show off in in us because it's going to be his strength and his love that shines through us.